Stand on the box, stomp your feet, start clapping. Got a real good feeling, something bad about to happen. Helmets and Heels, brought to you by Underwood Jewelers on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Here's Donna Murphy, Lauren Brooks, and Blythe Brumley. Well, ladies, we have made it to draft week. It is Helmets and Heels, starting with draft talk. Lauren Brooks, Blythe, Romney, Donna Murphy, live from Wild Wing Cafe on Southside Boulevard. This might be one of the first live shows, if not the first, where it's actually light outside. Can you yeah. recall one? I think it was raining the last time we did one, and well, it was dark and stormy. That's true. The Suns, that's yeah. right, the oh, Florida, but, Florida yeah. State baseball game. I think I was too wrapped into the actual action on the field in which my team lost to recall. But, yeah, it's a, it's a fun happening night. And like Frank said, as far as putting goes, right in front of us, actually, so we get to stare you down as you do it. Michelob Ultra wants you to put your way to the players. Come on out and join us tonight at Wild Wing. We'll be here until a little after 8. You can come on up on stage, try and hole a few putts, and you'll go in the drawing for killer TPC tickets, courtesy of Michelob Ultra and, of course, 1010XL and 92.5 FM. We have, like I said, practice round tickets from Thursday to Sunday and benefactor tickets as well. And so whoever makes the putt gets to go into the drawing. So that's pretty good, I'd say, right? Yeah. Oh, How did you get awesome. the benefactor tickets? Because I want to know. I know. <laughs> I So my text after Joe Cowart, the one and only, texted me all this information uh, about the player's tickets because he, of course, has the hookup working for the PGA Tour. My text to him read, perfect, got it. Now, how do I get my hands on some of those tickets? <laughs> Don't so, give me grounds. I'm right. a benefactor. But one of the most important things that we do want to mention is that we will be live next week as well from the players. Woo! I'm beyond excited about that live on location show as well. Military Appreciation Day. One of the things that's nearest and dearest to my heart is the military. Obviously, Donna, to you, too. Blythe, I know we've talked about it for you as well. My brother serves currently in the Marine Corps. Right now, he's going through recon school. As a matter of fact, he's almost done. Um, very proud of him. But uh, Military appreciation, appreciation this week or this year moves from Wednesday to Tuesday. So everyone who has ever come out for the concert before, make a note on your calendar that if you have Wednesday tickets, you this year want to also make sure you have Tuesday tickets mm-hmm. and go out and see Big and Rich. If you don't know who Big and Rich is, I can give you their most famous song, which is Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. Why is it always country artists? You know, great question, Donna. I'm going to go with because country rocks. <laughs> it's more military <laughs> friendly, I think. And it like. is, yeah. And country nowadays, I think, is very family friendly as well, which is nice. Mainstream so, as well, too. I mean, wait, you don't think Kanye West is military he might be a little preoccupied. Yeah, a little off-skew, off-culture. But, yeah, so we are going to be live next week. Come out and join us at TPC at the Players. Oh, my gosh, Sawgrass. Such a beautiful mm-hmm. place to be. And a little bit later on the show, we're going to have Donna Fedorowicz, Senior Vice President of Tournament Activation and Outreach for the PGA Tour, join us. But first, we have got to get into the draft, which is just a couple days away. I myself am starting to freak out a little bit because I'm working the draft party, and in between now and then I have a lot to do to get prepared. So, ladies, everyone the past couple days has talked about who the Jaguars are going to take, and we just gave our best guesses to Frank as well. But we want to go against the grain and say who we think the Jaguars should not take in our best Dave Caldwell general manager, Gus Bradley, head coach point of view. So, Donna... 
You're going to get us started. Oh, Give me man. who you do not want the Jaguars taking with a third overall pick. Um, I do not want them taking a quarterback. Excellent point. Good? I yes. kind of threw them off, but okay. off the radar, but excellent point. No quarterback. Blake Bortles, by the way, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Bortles. Um, looking, I do not want them taking a running back that early. Okay. I excellent. don't want to hear, I agree. you know, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley Melvin, Melvin Gordon, Gordon, even TJ Yeldon. I don't want to hear that a running back going that early. That just seems too desperate for me. Okay. Excellent. So, um, that's kind of – I don't really have an issue with taking a wide receiver. Um, the only issue is, all right, so now you're throwing another young wide receiver into an already young wide receiver core. Um, but you can't you, – you can't deny the talent that both Cooper and even Kevin White have. I don't – I highly doubt Kevin White will even go in the top ten, but, you know, you never you know. You never know. You I never know. He has certainly been climbing. And I, I remember – when it was Florida State, Oklahoma State, that first fall weekend in, um, for college football, I remember I was getting my car in Bradenton and going up to Tampa to see my cousin um, and her husband, now husband, then fiance. And I was rushing. It was raining. I was lost. It was a bad day. But anyway, the most important part that sticks out in my head is Caitlin called me and said, Kevin White, just mark down his name. Mm-hmm. Talk about him on the rush. Kevin White. And I was like, I don't even know who that is. And I'm stressed. He and is then a I stud. went back, researched him a ton. Yeah, he is a stud. I mean, you never know. That's why teams like Oakland and the Jets are in the top ten. So you never know what's going to happen. I was trying to find the next Tyson Alu-Alu, but I can't decide yet who that's going to be. <laughs> you know? The thing about draft day is that you never know. And it, it, whenever the draft finally comes, it's, it's sort of an anticipation of, am I going to cheer for this pick? Or is it going to be sort of like when Alu-Alu was taken and there was no reaction whatsoever who? at the draft party? Yeah. No reaction. That was the best part. But I would probably say anybody that I don't is probably the the wide receiver in the running back position just because at, oh, at the number three spot, because it's such a deep draft for those two positions, I think you can wait on and you can still get a first-round talent in the second or the third round. But there's nobody that sticks out that I would not. Even like a Shane Ray, I wouldn't take him at the third spot, but I'd mm-hmm. still take him later on in the draft, even with his arrest a couple days ago. Yeah, and that's, that's the person that I picked, and it was actually – I picked him before the – Citation, I guess you want to call it from Oh, yeah, it wasn't an arrest. He was right. like, go. Whatever it is. But I, I picked him before that, and it's because I had read that he's not an excellent outside pass rusher. What is the one thing that the Jags need? Mm-hmm. An excellent outside pass rusher. Did we get a lot of sacks last year? Absolutely. But that was through the middle. We don't have that Gus Bradley, Leo position intact yet. And whether it ends up being Leonard Williams or Dante Fowler or Randy Gregory, for crying out loud, I don't really care. Just put somebody in that position that can actually get to the quarterback and make a difference versus a sack when the play had already been busted up and it was third down and we move on. Mm -hmm. So that's who we think the Jaguars are. We don't want them to take. And if there's one thing that will always stand out for me, it was the very first event, I guess you'll call it, that I did for 1010XL on location last year was the draft party. And it was a big deal for 1010 because it was the very first time that we were carrying the draft as a part of the flagship station of the Jaguars. So obviously I was a little nervous going into it, working with Frank and Tony Baselli and Jeff Lagerman, who are extreme professionals. Had a blast. But the funny part was, as soon as they selected Blake Bortles, people everywhere were booing. I mean, it was an overwhelming boo. Not not half I'm people so clapping. Everyone I was cheering at home. It's because, I, from what I heard from people everywhere around me, 
they thought it was going to be another Blaine Gabbert, and they were terrified because it was someone that huh. came from not the most prominent position at, at, at a very high-ranking school. And so what's the first thing I do? I get on the microphone with, well, that no one else could hear, but the, the background microphone, I guess I should say. Do you guys want to hear from these people? Or that's <laughs> a bash our quarterback. I don't know. I, I wasn't sure what to do in that situation. And they kind of said, let it settle a little bit. Let the crowd kind of calm down. Don't interview anybody right now live. And then, you know, wait a few minutes. And it's exactly what I did. And about 15 minutes later, I went back out. And then I found a lot of people who were really excited, who had done their research on him. Probably went to UCF. Who either, right, were UCF fans. Them. Exactly. Right. Or, or spent the time on their phones. And <laughs> I didn't realize at the time, but Hayes Carlin, who writes for the Florida Times Union, was probably the only local media guy who had Blake Bortles as being chosen third overall by Dave Caldwell. What? Isn't that insane? Now looking back, thinking everyone thought that we were right. going to take Cindy Watkins, right? I mean, at least that's what everyone that I had surveyed really had thought. Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, maybe oh, he had kind I, of I, fallen who, off. Who in that? What? Who His poo? Who? So Look what right. he's doing now in Minnesota, though. Who poo? Poo. <laughs> I love your language. That's the mother of a two-year-old toddler. Um, okay, so a lot of the, the high-ranking draft prospects this year have chosen not to attend the draft in Chicago. And you know how cl- close I came right there to saying New York City? Because it, it Chicago, seems like it should be in right. New York, right? But, Chicago. But so a lot of a lot of them have chosen, obviously, Jameis Winston. We've talked about that. Um, and now Marcus and Amari Cooper. So... Ladies, what are your thoughts as far as whether or not you would attend and how you feel about whether they should attend or not? I definitely think it's a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get on that stage and to shake the commissioner's hand, put on your the team who picked you. It, you'll never get to relive that moment again. So it's very hard for me to understand why they wouldn't want to go, but I think the decision for the NFL not to hold it in New York plays a big part in this and that the guys just simply don't want to go to Chicago. New York is, is just New York. like It's just a the big apple. Right. You so want to sleep. go to New York. The only reason I would go to Chicago really is to eat pizza and go to Wrigley. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about anything else that I'd like to do in Chicago. There's a nice architectural boat tour there, just in case you're wondering. Well, that's, that's, that's nice. <laughs> but I don't think <laughs> Any of the players want to do that. Donna? As a Bostonian, I could care less about visiting the city. I did. Snobbler. Yeah. Boo. Um, but no, um, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's an outrage. I think that they they are, they are being handed a job, being handed millions of dollars. The least you could do is show up, hug Roger Goodell, and take a picture and talk to the media. It's the least you can do. You can say no to the scouting combine and only do your pro day. But did any of them do that? No. They all went to the scouting combine. I don't understand the difference between the two. This is one night. It's your basic graduation initiation night. You show up. You show up already. Those three, I, I don't care the reasoning. The only reason I have is some family member is on their deathbed. And with Jameis, his grandmother is not well, and she can't attend, and that's his reason for not going. I think it's more of a greater brand presence of these athletes, that they want a greater control over it. Because why go to a primetime entertainment event, which is essentially what the draft has turned into. It's turned into a TV show. So why go to this primetime event when you can stay at home with your family, you can control your image, you can control the questioning, you can maybe invite some sponsors into your home, you I can don't... be surrounded by everyone you love instead of everybody that's going to pick apart, especially for someone like Jameis Winston, who's going to be picked apart by the media and probably booed 
there, considering all the Jets, or not Jets fans, Jets fans. Right, yeah. Mark. I don't even know what fans are going to be there. <laughs> but I, I disagree. I mean, I, I disagree with your image. I, I'm, they have gone down for me with their image not showing up. <laughs> Just to me, that's how I look at it. What, you don't care about showing up? This, You're being handed a job and millions of dollars. Go. It could be a trend, like the Marshawn Lynch approach, where that's they just awful. don't want to play ball with the media. Well, and my like take it. is um, the main part of this, look at Johnny Menzel last year. Mm. Do you know how much scrutiny and pressure you feel as your name does not get called? And that camera is just right on your face after pick, after pick, after pick. And so when you fall from what many people thought he was going to come to us and go third overall to, what was it, 22nd or 26th, that's a, that's a lot of sitting there emotionally distraught with, millions and millions of eyes on you and that's the only reason i think that if i was afraid at all that i was going to be falling that i wouldn't go like a mariota but this is right absolutely this is the draft this is one night what's going to happen when you fail miserably on national television i I, I would go if it was me i would go but i could see why somebody in a high profile position like Jameis winston would stay home with his family with it and a comfort area that he can control and he doesn't have to worry about a camera being on him just in case he does fall in the draft well, ladies, I'm glad he there's not a camera play. on us in case we <laughs> decide to chat out on some wings here at Wild Wing Cafe on Southside Boulevard. But coming up next, we are going to talk to Donna Fedorowicz, Senior Vice President of Tournament Activation and Outreach for the PGA Tour, to preview Executive Women's Day presented by Estellis. She will join us right around the corner. Thanks for listening to Helmets and Heels on Tencent XL 92.5 FM. Listening to Helmets and Heels on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Talk about the two putts I, I just made. Yeah, we can. With some guys come up and they miss. Donna goes up and she makes it. Two in a row. My husband would be very proud, but I did go lefty. I was a weirdo. Ambidextrous? I do. I, I'm lefty for golf and for baseball. Huh. Yeah. And for baseball, she throws in. Not oh. softball, baseball. Yeah. I a girl over there. Welcome baseball. back to Helmets and Heels, yes. Sense and Excel 92.5 FM. Awesome. As these two talk about all the sports that Donna <laughs> excels at, and she's making me jealous by the second. Did you Come beat? on out and putt at Wild Wing Cafe. Yes, she did. She beat, she beat Cynthia Cynthia Derek Marks at uh, oh, yeah, video golf, game. The video golf. golf video games well, at uh, Boston on the north side. Because I had to leave. A little well, athlete. Fine. We need to start putting her in tournaments. Yeah, we do. <laughs> All right, remember, you can come on out. Michelob Ultra wants you to putt your way to the players. Join us tonight. We'll be here after 8 o'clock. You can, try, you can come up on stage and try to hole in a few putts, and you'll go in the drawing for amazing tickets brought to you courtesy of Michelob Ultra and 1010XL 92.5 FM. We've got tickets from Thursday to Sunday, so come on out. And, again, we will be there next Tuesday night mm-hmm. for Military Appreciation Day. It moved from Wednesday to Tuesday. Big and Rich will be performing it's Do we know what time be, they're performing? I believe it's usually around 6, 6.30, but okay. you know what? We can probably ask our next guest, Donna Fedorowicz, Senior Vice President of Tournament Activation and Outreach for the PGA Tour. We can't wait to talk to you, Donna, about Executive Women's Day. Hello, how are you? I'm terrific. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. Thanks so much for joining us. We love the Players' Championship. Every... Literally every second of it. I want to go from 
Tuesday until Friday, or really until Sunday, I'm working Saturday. And Sunday is Mother's Day, so that's, I guess, kind of up to my mom. But I want to go every minute that I can, and I want to come on Monday to Executive Women's Day, which is starting at 9.30, and it will be at the Marquee at the 18th Green at TBC Sawgrass. And women get, about 250 women actually will be there, and they get presentations, discussions, networking sessions, and a behind-the-scenes tournament tour. How fun is that going to be? It's going to be terrific. It's actually going to be our 50th Executive Women's Day, so it'll be a special day for everybody. Come on out as my host. Absolutely. <laughs> Donna, that's impressive. How, how do you get to be uh, a part of this? Well, you know, we, the good news is for us, we're sold out everywhere we go across the country. Um, it, it's not great for everybody in the community because, as you said, in this case, we'll have just about 300 women in that hospitality venue. So we put in as many as we can. Um, and it's a wonderful day of corporate dialogue, very, very simply said. And it's all of the local business women in the local community, many of whom don't play golf or, you know, may not have been out to the Players' Championship. So what a great way to, for us to combine not only great executive dialogue, but also a learn a little bit about the PGA Tour and, and our charitable giving. Donna, you mentioned that this is the 50th anniversary of the event. Do you have a favorite story of someone that you've met? over the time that you've done this? Wow. You know, it's, I'll be honest, it's really hard to pick one. I think, the, I think the reason that we have been so successful is every city that we visit, we start with morning panelists. And those morning panelists typically are women in the local community that no one's ever heard of. They're very successful businesswomen, but really they just keep their head down and they're doing a lot of work. And I think it's really exposing those women to the rest of the women in the community and having them share their personal story. That's given me the most gratitude. So it wouldn't necessarily be a story. I think the thematic that we do and then obviously weaving in a national keynote speaker at the lunch, it's so powerful. Um, and we walk out of there and get the same surveys back that this was the greatest experience these women have ever had. Do you have a favorite event of the day? Uh, you know, I love like the ability. Or... Yeah, I love the ability for us to um, to really interact with the women. And I'll tell you, the powerful moment that we have is truly having Estellas as our uh, umbrella sponsor across the country. It's a quick reminder: they're a pharmaceutical company just outside of Chicago. And although this, you know, we all, we're all going 24/7, trying to you know break that glass ceiling. It's this remarkable moment that that they bring to us to say, you know what, none of this is worth anything without your help. And you can feel everyone in the room kind of take a moment and a deep breath, and, and it resonates with them. You know what, I better slow down. I better put myself first because it doesn't matter if I become a CEO. If I don't have my health, I can't take care of myself nor my family. So I think that's one of the things that resonates best. And then we couple it, to your point, with people like uh, Molly Fletcher, Carl Harris, Carrie Lorenz, our national keynote speakers that end up with standing ovations by the end of the day. Hmm. Wow, that's awesome. So what kind of information is shared at Executive Women's Day? No, it's, um, it's challenges that women have had in the, in the workplace. It's their success story. Um, lots of questions that we have a wonderful app so they can ask the moderator uh, all kinds of questions that, that they might have. Um, but really keys to learning, both personally and professionally, so that when you walk out of that room, you feel like 
you've really got some tidbits to take away that you don't typically read in the newspaper or typically pick up when you when you read a book. These are personal stories that really resonate on a larger level with all the women. Donna, after that recent survey taken, obviously, by the Executive Women's Day participants, it did come out that far more women are focused more on their careers than their health. What did you take from that? I know, and, and it's consistent around the country. And what I take from that is we're going too fast, and we're just not stopping to say, you know, we have this, we have this fun and famous thing that we do around the country we call 543Me. You know, where are you in that sphere of taking care of yourself? Is it your husband and boyfriend first? Is it the cats and dogs second? Is it your kids? Is it their job? Are you fifth on that list? Because if you're not taking care of yourself, nobody else can. <clears throat> so how do you go from fifth to first and really take care of yourself? We're with Donna Fedora, Senior Vice President of Tournament Activation and Outreach for the PGA Tour. Executive Women's Day is on Monday. It starts at 9 a.m. in the morning. And Donna, what are the key takeaways from the event that you expect the listeners that can incorporate into their own lives? You know, I, I hope what they say is, if all those people on stage can do it, I can do it. And and it's really nice. being able, to, yeah, it's really being able to think differently, and and saying that there is a space for me. So many women are succeeding in today's world, and it's a big world we live in. Um, look at look at you all on your show. It's fantastic. Aw, thanks. <laughs> this this certainly makes us happy for at least an hour to two hours every week. And, and like we said, we will be out next week at the Military Appreciation Day, one of my absolute favorite things. And there's a charity involved with the Military Appreciation Day. Can you tell us a little bit about that? You know, there's, there's hundreds of charities that we have that the Players' Championship donates to. But I'll let Matt wrap. You know, cover all of that as our executive director. He does such a great job. Most certainly, yeah. And I know one of them is like Operation Shower, and, and there's certainly so many women that benefit from that. Donna, thank you so much for joining us. I am hoping I can at least make the lunch portion and maybe the behind-the-scenes tour on Monday at Executive Women's Day because those, to me, sound like the two most Fun slash also that fit into my work schedule. But that's you, okay. you have to come out. You have to come out. We're gonna we're gonna hand you the trophy. You can take a picture with it. We're gonna have one lucky obviously Ooh. one professional player holding it by on Sunday afternoon. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for these women to learn more about what we do. Awesome. And if you ever need a lecture from someone who plays fantasy golf, has won it in the past and is currently sitting at fourth in the league with all men, uh, just let me know. I love it. Keep- Keep breaking that glass ceiling. <laughs> I love your show. Thanks for having us. And, and this is so important for so many women, whether it's football or golf. You know, we're, we're making great strides. Absolutely. Thanks, Donna. Donna, thank you so much. And I look forward to meeting you in person on Monday. That was Donna Fedorowicz, the Senior Vice President of Tournament Activation and Outreach for the PGA Tour. Ladies, how much fun is next Tuesday going to be? So much a fun. concert. And then, oh, by the way, we have slightly big news that may have kind of been revealed on Friday a little bit, maybe a little bit on Twitter since then. But live, come on, tell the people. Well, we have a brand new member that's going to be joining us. As you, most of you know, that Jessica Blaylock departed for the, the sideline gig for the Miami Marlins. She's killing it out there. She was not deported. She, she departed. <laughs> Did I say deported? No, you said departed. Oh, okay. It just was kind of funny because she went to Miami. I was going to say, that's not something you want to say around that part of the country. <laughs> 
But yeah, so Amanda Borges is going to join us. She's done tons of radio. She's done some TV. She is absolutely adorable. And now Donna won't be the only blonde on the no, show. No, it's going to be balanced out now. Woohoo! Yeah, she two and blondes, she two brunettes. Although I will say she brings our age down a tiny bit. Our average has been almost exactly the same. Yeah. And now a little uh, little youth mixed <laughs> into the group. Yet somehow I still feel like I'm going to be the one telling the tales from the toilet stories. Why <laughs> why is that? All right. So, a little thing happened today which was known as Maurice Jones Drew retiring as a Jaguar. Aww. I know, right? Oh, just makes your heart happy. He signed a one-day contract, but she actually quipped today that it was the only contract he's ever signed where he didn't get any money, <laughs> which is 100% <laughs> true. Which He finally got that new contract from the Jaguars. <laughs> exactly. He got, he got what he wanted, right? Uh, except for free. So Mojo retired. We are going to share our favorite Maurice Jones-Drew moment and one of the most fantastic stories you'll ever hear about the Derby oh, no. is coming up from our own Blythe Brumleave. Stay tuned to Helmets and Heels on 1010XL 92.5 FM. I was trying to get it I live. I want them dead presidents. I want to pull up. Head spin. Get it, get flat. I got six jobs. I don't get it. Helmets and Heels on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, Blythe. Yup. Bring it back, Blythe. Oh, this is uh, Kevin Gates. I don't get tired. Who from the girl drinking a Monster Energy drink? How did you find him? This is I, I, every uh, about every once a week. I'll go through iTunes and I'll, I'll I'm one of the few people that still pays for their music. So I will go through and I'll I'll download all the new music, and listen to it. If I find a good song, then I'll just keep it on the regular playlist. This one I like has beat. been in it for a little mm-hmm. while. It's a good workout song, good gym yeah, song. Yeah, I could see that. It's a good work song, like while you're working, it's good to listen to. Can I make a, a shameless plug? Sure. Before we came back from break, I heard the Jaguars Today promo, uh-huh. and I just want to remind everybody that tomorrow is. Again, the media mock draft, our annual media mock draft. And I Donna has put a lot of part of it. Yes, <laughs> Donna has put a lot of work into it again this year. Yes. So yeah. how does a media mock draft work? Media mock draft is, and it'll be all of Mike's show, and then we're actually going to go into some of XL Primetime as well, with Tony Smith's going to take over. And you do it. You have your draft. We have our round one. No trades are allowed. We have a correspondent from each team that's in round one. And they pick as if it's the draft. It's all 1010 employees? No. 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 Correspondent. Like, we have a correspondent. We have TJ Reeves ready to go. He's on the clock for Tampa. Oh, wow. You know, Tennessee guy will be ready to go. For Jacksonville, I believe it's going to be both Martino and Hicken in the war room deciding on who to pick. Are they picking who they want to pick, or are they picking who they think the team will choose? Who they think the team, team. will choose. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I got to be a part of it last year as yeah. the producer for Jaguars today. It was um, it was fast and furious, and yes. I would say that the craziest thing happened when Donna texted me that morning that she wasn't going to be there <laughs> to supervise, and I think I threw up my breakfast <laughs> because I had produced for about a week for that show up until then. You'll be fine. And, yeah, You'll she's like, yeah, I'm not going to make it. Good luck. And I was <laughs> like, oh, and someone shoot me, please. But it actually went off without a hitch, mm-hmm. um, or at least that's how I felt at the time after probably many mistakes. But regardless, this is Helmets and Heels hip-hop style. Right. Thanks to Blythe's choice. Diversity. We went from Zach Brown Band, Homegrown. Jekyll and Hyde came out today. Shameless plug for them. I just <laughs> love them. They're coming to Country Superfest. I can't wait to see them again. I've seen them multiple times. Um Great but concert. you still have about 20 minutes, a little more, depending on how long Chad wants to stay. 
<laughs> to put your way into the players. Again, Wild Wing Cafe on Southside Boulevard. Come up on stage. It's not difficult. Or at least I say that because I didn't attempt any. Donna <laughs> put two in, so that's why I say that. You can get tickets courtesy of Michelob Ultra and 1010XL. Get in Thursday through Sunday. There's anywhere from the practice round tickets all the way to Benefactor tickets. If you've never been in the Benefactor tent, let me tell you, it is worth putting your life away. It is one heck of a tent. Three stories, air conditioning on the inside, balconies on the outside overlooking the 17th green and the, or sorry, 17th hole and 16th green. Can you tell that I love the players? All you need to say is air conditioning. Yes. Yeah, air see, I'm conditioning. one of those people, I would rather walk around the entire course, follow the golfers that I love, and sweat to death than sit in a tent and not be able to see any golf. Oh, I'm, I'm 100% opposite. <laughs> you, you I like to walk around on on the practice round days, that, that's yeah. when I really find it enjoyable to follow the golfers. Sure. But if it's the day of and, like, I'm... Party day? Yeah. Social day? Give me air conditioning. All right. <laughs> so, again, we'll be out there next Tuesday night for Military Appreciation Day. Come on out. All right, ladies. Maurice Jones-Drew, number 32, Mojo, MJD. He retired today as a Jaguar after spending a season with the Oakland Raiders. Yet he found it was far more important. And if you saw the look on his face today when... They put his name on the video boards for the first time. It was pure, purely awesome. Aww. I mean, just, oh, it gave me goosebumps sitting at my desk looking at the actual computer screen because I wasn't able to be there. That's neither here nor there. So, favorite moments from Mojo Blythe Go. Um, I'm gonna, I, I tweeted this out a few days ago, but I'm going to go with the play against the Jets where the Jaguars, if, if they score... There, I think they had the ball on the 10-yard line. It hands it off to MJD. He kneels at the one-yard line to stop the clock because what the Jets were going to do is just let him go into the end zone sure. and score so they can get the, go- the ball back and go back down and, and, and get the game winner. Instead, Jones Drew heads up play, kneels at the one-yard line. He actually had himself on his own fantasy team that year and lost his game by a touchdown because he knelt on that play. It, it's in a lot of fantasy football fans screaming He has himself every year. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> he picks himself every year. But he, it, it's a heads-up play. It's one of the smartest plays you'll ever see, uh, and, and it's completely unselfish. That was That's my favorite, besides the Merriman block, but everybody yeah, knows about everybody that Yeah, everybody knows one. about that one. I have to go with today. Okay. I have to go with today for coming back after he tried his best to get contract, the extension from the Jags, and Gus Bradley and Shaq Khan and all of them, you know, kept their foot down and said, I'm sorry, you know, no. And so he went away to Oakland for a little bit and then came back and, you know, you have to kind of put your pride aside and, and he did and, and eventually he will be in the pride. So it's, I think today, signing a one year to become a Jaguar, to retire as a Jaguar, that is my favorite moment. Well, I kind of joked about this um, as we were planning the show that my favorite moment was when Maurice Jones-Drew introduced me to Cam Newton <laughs> yeah. and I got my picture with him. Because, obviously, it's Cam Newton and his back again. I said this on the show right after I got to meet him, but his back. Just touching his back was electric. Boogie, boogie, boogie. <laughs> but so, the other favorite moment I would say, if you go back and you watch 2009 Jags-Titans. We ended up losing the game, but Maurice Jones-Drew gets the ball behind the 20, but the play starts at the 20, so they consider it an 80-yard touchdown run. He gets the ball on the left side. 
breaks a few tackles, and then cuts all the way across the field, scores the I touchdown. Remember. And as you watch the play, David Garrard is shoving someone who's chasing <laughs> Mojo into the end zone, and he shoves him, and he goes down. And it's just one of those moments where, as a Jaguar fan, you want to go back to those times where it was the DG9 days. right, and Mojo. And, and not that the two of them actually as starters like, when Mojo was the starting running back and David Garrard was the starting quarterback, we actually didn't have any winning seasons. I think the best we did was 8-8. Eight and eight. But as Mojo was behind Fred Taylor and DG9 was the quarterback, oh, my goodness, right? Like, goosebumps, and you want Everbank Field to be like that once again. Switching from a sport that's all about tackling to a sport that's all about running as fast as possible. Blythe, tell us about the Derby and why it is so important to you. Well, the Kentucky Derby, America's longest-running sport. Um, everybody knows it's a, it's a horse racing. It's the first leg of the, the Triple Crown event. We haven't had one, I think, since the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's always been near and dear to my heart because it, it's ran, the, the horse races run in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. It's home of Churchill Downs. It's where uh, my family migrated from Germany over to Louisville. And so whenever they in Louisville, they transferred down whole family pretty much transferred down to Jacksonville, Florida whenever the railroad switched their corporate location. So that's what brought us originally to Jacksonville. Um, and ever since then, we this is the 10th anniversary that my parents have had a derby party. And uh, this will be the first year that we won't have my grandfather with us. Uh, I, I said a few shows back that he passed away after four battles with cancer last week. Um, but it's just, it, it was it's becoming more of a realization because everybody's just kind of just gone with the flow. But now that the Derby is coming up and the things that he would do, um, he always painted the jock. We have a jockey statue in our yard, and he would always wow. paint the jockey statue in the colors of the winning jockey of the previous year. Um, he was famous for his, his briefcase that he would bring with him everywhere. And he'll, he'd bring a case of, uh, it had bourbon, it had lemon slices, seven <laughs> up, because Sprite was too sweet, and he had glasses with him. So he was always prepared with a glass of bourbon anywhere he went. Um, that is always, my kind of man right there. <laughs> but he'd, he'd lead the charge, too, because right before, because a lot of people don't know that the Derby runs all day. There are horse, horse races all day, and then the main event is at around 6, 6.30. Um, and so when they sing My Old Kentucky Home, that's when they start um, the actual Derby race. And my grandfather would get up in front of everyone. We would pass out sheets so everybody knows the, the words, the My Old Kentucky Song, or My Old Kentucky Home Song. And so he'd get up there and he'd lead as the orchestrator and, and he was just the, I guess the, the bright spot in, in, for a party like that. And for this year to not have him sort of with us is a little, it's a punch to the gut, but we're doing little things here and there to sort of honor him in the same way that it, hopefully everybody remembers that he is there and that his presence is there. Um, so I had, I put out an article on, on Guys Girl that, that talked about him and the importance that he had on, on all of our lives. Because we're, we're a huge, big, crazy family. Um, I love that was, picture of your whole family. And there's like... 50 of them. And that, that picture was taken years ago. So that the party really, it's about 75 people. We have, you know, wow. horseshoe tournaments. We had, there's betting all day long, of course, because it's horse racing. Can I get that address, please? Yes, I can <laughs> give it to you off the air. <laughs> yes, please not on there. But he's, it's just, it's just one of those things where like the, the first event comes along. I mean, we've had holidays and stuff like that, and, and that's tough. 
but this was his day. And to not have him there is going gonna to be a little tough, especially for my dad, because they were best friends. And, and it's going to be a little tough, but I just I, I hope that everybody out there can have a, a little bourbon and 7-Up for him to kind of cheers him. Sonny Brumley, remember that name. Sonny Brumley. And to bespeak or to speak to the point of how important it is, when we got to Wild Wing Cafe, I said, can I get you ladies a drink? I don't know why I'm, you know, playing bartender, but why not? And Blythe said, mint juleps, please. And unfortunately, they don't have any mint yet, but they said they absolutely will have mint here before Saturday. You have to so have a mint julep important. on Saturday. So tell us, uh, will you tweet out a picture of what you wear on Derby Day? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I, I bought my dress weeks ago. I actually bought it out when I was out in uh, California a few weeks ago. Um, I bought it out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a lame-o and, and wear the same hat that I wore last year, which my mother already gave me grief for. Oh, no. I, I know. Can you add extra ribbons and stuff to it, maybe? You know, I, I like the hat. But I only wear it for a small portion of the day. I, I take pictures in it. There's a hat contest. Whoever gets the trophy from the hat contest, we take the hat off and we get to partying. That's, <laughs> I can't be messing with a big hat, trying to throw horseshoes, and trying to win cornhole games. So, so you'll tweet out a picture, though, so everyone can oh, see yeah. it. The hats, all the hats, the dresses, and the guys are even stepping it up this year. They bow ties? Their, they, I don't know if any bow ties will make oh. an appearance because we are. there's a bunch of rednecks in my family. <laughs> can they please end up looking like Brady on your article they, that you did? You know, I, I, this is what I hoped for. This is what I said to my brother of what he needs to do, but he said that's pushing it. So he's going to be wearing a hat similar to this, but a brightly colored T-shirt instead. He's no an checkered. But he's the same way. He's like, I, I don't want to be dressed like that. It's going to be hot, and I'm going to be trying to win tournaments <laughs> and money. Can't be distracted with bow ties. That's for the betting section. That's, that's what I, that I feel is. like you, you dress like in the bow tie and the nice suit yes. whenever you're a guy like Brady and you're going to the Derby every year and you're going live and you're paying thousands of dollars. So yeah. And you have more money than you could ever win. Right. And I you're feel sitting like in air conditioning. I feel like that's part of it. Like, it <laughs> doesn't really matter what happens. Odds are in my favor because I'm going to walk away. <laughs> it's like Wes Welker. Still a millionaire. Yeah. Exactly. Wes like Welker him. won big last okay, year. Okay, so obviously there's a lot of different horses to choose from and jockeys that have been training their entire lives for this who have never grown above, what, five foot four, who are going to be very successful this day. How do you go about choosing who you think is going to win, Blythe? And do you I, already have your horse chosen? I, I do not have my horse chosen. Okay. I do it blind. I do a Christmas tree. Okay. I, we have betting books that are out there that we get from the local track, and we'll go through and we'll look at the rankings, read up on the jockey. But at the end of the day, the most money I've ever won on Derby Day, I have just guessed. And really? I, I, I play the odds because okay. – th- the two, there's two different ways that we bet. There's a grab bag where you can pull a name out of the bag, and that's who you have. And then there's a board where you can write your name on each horse of what you pick. And I, I just find the names that I, I – I know this sounds like a really girly answer, but I find the names that I like, and I write <laughs> I my names. It's girly. How, how else is there? Like yeah. picking a team like that. that you love. Or the, the guys are cute. Like, exactly. that, that's pretty much how yeah. I pick my horses. Oh, that's a cute horse. I'll pick that one. There was one time I was watching a game with my roommate. And she was like, oh, my gosh, that guy's cute. And I was like, that's the opposing team's quarterback. <laughs> Don't say that again. She but there is, um, there's a horse. Big Brown was a, a triple crown threat a few years back. And two of his spawn. Phillies <laughs> 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 are <laughs> Children. <laughs> ponies. <laughs> are going to be racing in this race. Bulls. So if I would have had to, it, it, I would Google Big Brown's not spawn. <laughs> I feel oh, like that would goodness. come up with some terrible results. I, you know, just Indian. looking over the list earlier, I decided that my two that I'm going to choose between are going to be 
Ocho, 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 <laughs> just because that is a lot of fun to say. There is one. And also Metabals, just because I like saying Bals. This guy, Metabals. Um, the horse is called It's a Knockout. He has actually been sponsored by the fight. And I would Vegas, think here, and Manny Pacquiao and, and Floyd Mayweather, they are sponsoring a banner and putting it on the It's a Knockout Horse, which is, a, I mean, a perfect fit. But I just wonder how much money they paid for that sponsorship. So whenever they walk the horses up, because they always walk the horses up right. with um, just a, a, a regular horse to kind of keep the horse calm, and then the actual horse that's going to run. Is, him, is he going to have a towel on? It's as one of those big horse blankets. <laughs> right. <laughs> Somebody back there massaging his shoulders. I'll take that. I'll take that in a course blanket any day. (laughs)